said, um, what a week this has been. Um, first of all, I hope that this recording works this time because I don't know what the deal is, but the past few episodes I've recorded, things just delete out of nowhere when I try to go over them before I post them. So coming out a little later today, but hopefully it will be edited right. So yeah, anyways, uh, this has been quite a week very interesting week as well for me to share this podcast with my friends and family, but glad we did. And uh, yeah, so I just want to preface this episode with if you are looking for like a light little episode going over the Met Gala's best and worst dressed, this is not the episode for you. While I have like a little bit of that in here because there were definitely some really well thought out and artful pieces, there are so many more important issues at hand right now too. And like I've said before, uh, back in episode four, when the war in Ukraine started, like this will never be a podcast where I just talk about fashion when there are truly disturbing things happening in the world that need widespread attention. So just a trigger warning here. I will be talking a little bit about the Roe versus Wade leaked draft um, in the beginning of this episode. So if that is triggering for you in any way, I will add in the show notes, like the time mark that you can skip to if you only want to listen about the Met Gala, or if you just want to like skip this episode completely, I will see you Friday. Um, But yeah, so just kind of getting right to it. I'm going to try to kind of alternate between like good news, bad news during this episode to not make it completely heavy. But I do want to start with Roe versus Wade. This is something that like a lot of people have seen coming as a possibility. Um, although it's so important to remember now that this is only a possibility. And though it might be a very likely one at this point, but as of now, nothing has legally changed. Abortion services are still accessible. Um, so if you need care, you are still able to get it. Anyways, this did still come as quite a big shock to people, um, especially when it was leaked while a lot of people's attention was on the Met Gala, which just felt very strange. Um, you know, you can't control the timing of these things, but it just felt very odd. And if you are someone who is just feeling scared and overwhelmed, just that is completely valid if you don't want to talk about it right now. But there are also a lot of people who do want to talk and are looking for action to take. Um, There's lots of protests happening. If you do go that avenue, please protest safely. Be sure to know your rights. Um, Be prepared. I also found a really great resource um, that's a document that has a list of abortion funds to donate to in every state. I'm going to add that to the show notes and then just like kind of as I find more things that are reliable, helpful information. And I think like what's just kind of most infuriating about this to me is the Supreme Court's like neglect to acknowledge this as a healthcare need for women. You know, it's it's healthcare. Like you don't ask people why they're going to the dentist or something like that. But in so many cases, abortion is really life or death and safe options are needed for women. Um, and on top of that, like President Biden recently shared, like it's really infringes on our right to privacy that is protected in the constitution. And it lays the ground for 
more restrictions on our bodies and privacy. I won't go on too long about this because a lot of people are doing a great job of creating conversation online. And like I said, when I come across them, I'll post more. But I think, in my opinion, like what matters most now is like real solidarity. A lot of people have probably seen that like viral video of Elizabeth Warren, like really just kind of naturally reacting to the situation and in it, she shared that around 69% of Americans support abortion rights. So just knowing and remembering that there are people standing together to fight for these rights. And I think my little rant on this right here will be that this solidarity needs to come from men too, at least on my social channels. And I'm sure this is different from everyone. And there are a lot of men who are, you know, speaking out and supporting women's rights. But for me, like, I've seen a lot of, like, relative silence and, again, just a tiny little rant here. But, like, if you are a man who has ever had sex with someone with a uterus and had not had that result in the responsibility of educating, raising, providing for a human being for the next 18 years, whether contraception, like, birth control or the woman had an abortion or you gave her money for plan B, like, you should be standing in solidarity with. It can definitely be scary to speak out about healthcare issues that are so politicized. Um, I'm sure this would be a lot harder for me if this podcast had more listeners and was a bigger platform. But, you know, if you're not comfortable sharing things on social media or doing things publicly, you can anonymously donate to a lot of a lot of funds or even just reaching out to the women in your life and saying like, what would help right now can really make a difference. So yeah, that is all I'll say for now. Um, I won't ever apologize for speaking on important issues, but since this is a fashion podcast, I will get back to fashion now. So to take a little break here and just kind of lighten the mood for a little bit, let's just talk about some of my favorite Met Gala looks. Uh, one I loved especially was Billie Eilish. She's done some really great things with fashion over the last two Met Galas. In September, when last year's was rescheduled too, she wore a gorgeous gown by Oscar de la Renta only after the brand agreed to stop selling fur. And then this year, she chose to work with Gucci on a gown completely made from dead stock materials. And if you don't know, dead stock materials are materials that would have likely otherwise been wasted and are like offcuts of other garments that have already been made. So no new materials are created and it's a much more eco-friendly way than normal to produce a gown for the Met Gala. And then plus her uh, style of gown came from inspiration from a portrait from 1885. So she was like really sourcing straight from the Gilded Age. And next is Gabrielle Union. She was like one of the very few, honestly, maybe even the only one I saw. It was very late in Paris while I was watching. So, you know, I might've missed a couple, but she was one of the few who really used the theme to make a statement about society today. And like, I was honestly hoping for a lot more of this, but Anyways, um, she wore a silver gown with, like, a beautiful white train, and then there was this really bright red, like, flower kind of crystalled piece right at the waist that was meant to symbolize. I'm just going to read her quote that was in a Glamour article, so I get it right, and I'll list it in the show notes, too. Um, but she said during her Vogue live stream interview, 
when you think about the Gilded Age and black and brown people in this country, this country is built off our backs, our blood, our sweat and tears. So we added these red crystals to represent the blood spilled during the accumulation of gross wealth by a few during that Gilded Age off the backs of black people and people of color in this country. Um, and so yeah, that was her explanation of her dress. I thought it turned out beautifully. And there's also an article that I'll add to the resources that does a really good job of explaining this kind of Gilded Age theme, saying that like gilded, like the word gilded doesn't actually mean golden, which I think a lot of attendees were kind of confused about, but it means something covered in a light layer of gold. And like during the Gilded Age, which in my opinion, can definitely be mirrored today too. Opulence was displayed through the wealthy while the rest of society struggled with inequality, racism, and upheaval. So last but absolutely not least for my Mecca favorites is like my forever queen of style, Blake Lively. Heavily biased because like in my eyes, like Blake can do no wrong with her style. She is consistently one of my favorites for like any kind of style event. Um, and in particular, her Met Gala looks are like almost always my number one favorite. But I especially love that she chose to base her gown off of New York architecture. I thought it was a really different idea that was like still definitely on theme. Um, and like that train with the constellation of Grand Central Station was like absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, she's always my favorite. <laughs> okay, so getting now into another more serious part, there was something so like, I don't even know how to describe it, but just like, like gross feeling about Anna Wintour showing up with a tiara on while Condé Nast is actively ignoring their workers unionization. Um, this is something that like is not getting nearly the amount of the attention it deserves. It's tricky because Condé Nast is the media and so to get something like this more media attention is hard. Um, but just to go over it a little bit, just over a month ago, Condé Nast workers decided to unionize to work against the company's uncompensated overtime, toxic culture, discrimination, um, like demand for unpaid work under the guise of prestige, and just like overall mistreatment of Condé Nast workers. On the night of the Met Gala, they posted some really informative images and captions on the union's Instagram, which like I'll of course have the link for too. There's gonna be lots of resources for this episode. But it really shows like just how much unrecognized work goes into an event like the Met Gala from people putting in so much extra time and like without like adequate breaks, without adequate pay, without I mean sometimes completely unpaid. And then for Anna to show up in a tiara, which like Yes, you can argue, like, historically have been worn by women for lots of important occasions, um, especially considering, like, the white tie dress code, which was on the Macau invitation along with the theme. Um, but it just, for me, it gave us this, like, air of her likening herself to fashion royalty while workers under the Condé Nast umbrella, just to be clear, includes Vogue. They're unfairly treated, and the company, like, won't even do something as simple as recognizing the union and making an effort to understand worker frustrations and making an effort to 
better their entire company system. Like I said, this should be getting so much more attention because it's really a huge thing. There are so many workers under Condé Nast that just really deserve recognition for their work. And so many changes do need to be made to ensure that workers are fairly compensated and fairly treated while they are at work. So yeah, follow the Instagram, share their information to help kind of like spread the word about this union. And hopefully, you know, if enough people are talking about it, hopefully like Condé Nast won't be able to continue ignoring it. So yeah, this was, this was a whole lot this episode. I'm going to skip the small business feature this week because there's there's just so much happening and I'd rather people focus on supporting Roe versus Wave resources um, and sharing about the content asking in and things like that. So that will be all for this episode. Um, unless something like super crazy happens in the next 48 hours, which like, I don't know, we've all lived for the past two years in. So that doesn't seem like an absolutely absurd situation but provided that nothing super crazy happens I will be sure to keep Fact Friday a little bit lighter just to kind of counteract all of this but so I will talk to you again on Friday thanks <laughs>